podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. With another color cast live show. Another one, folks. I look forward to these every single Wednesday. And it is one of the highlights of my week is getting to talk K State sports with you guys. Now, we will be going live on ColorCast next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we will be going live. But for the first time since we started our deal with ColorCast, I will not be going live on Wednesday. What what will that be? The 8th? I believe it's Wednesday the 8th. I will not be going live, but we will be right back. Right back on the 15th. I have something special that I will release on Wednesday the 8th of a special episode that will drop on Wednesday the 8th. Uh, so th- there is a little bit of a, uh, I don't, I, I don't want to say consolation. I think it's actually going to be better than the live shows, but I will have a special episode that drops on the 8th and we'll be back on the 15th, but don't worry. We still got a live show on the first before that happens. We got a big show to talk about today. Have a have a very big show to talk about. Um, the 2022 football roster seems to be set. Big recruiting win. We got some Bramlage news. We got a little bit of Bramlage news uh, that, that we'll touch on. Uh, we're going to talk... Uh, novelty or just some weird places where you might like to see a college sporting event take place. Uh, It's going to be a fun one. Uh, While we're getting folks uh, ready to come up on stage, uh, letting folks see on Twitter that, uh, that the show is live as we're doing that, I'm going to uh, quickly talk about uh, first the big, Recruiting win, maybe one of the biggest recruiting wins in junior college football, uh, at least in a very long time, being able to grab Tyler Forsha, the third from the Tyler Trio, with a massive win over USC, over LSU, and the University of Texas. A great win uh, when it comes to recruiting to help... Uh, lock up and finish off that 2022 roster. That was a big one. We're going to talk about all the spring additions. We're going to let everyone kind of get their grade out there for the spring edition. Also, some news dropped today about some uh, new upgrades coming for uh, Bramlage Coliseum in this upcoming season. They're adding... Uh, some new loge boxes. They're adding a new Legends Pavilion right above the student section. And they're adding some uh, courtside seats down on the baseline on the north end of the arena. Uh, I think this is great. Um, They're going to move the uh, media to where the band, the pet band used to be. They're moving the pet band kind of in with the students. Um, they're not moving the students, uh, you know, based on, uh, enrollment trends, student ticket trends, they are cutting, I think roughly around 300 student seats, but to add a bunch of premium seating, uh, according to the press release, this is going to add at least a half million dollars of ticket revenue, uh, to K-State and basketball ticket revenue and donations, I think it's a great move. I I love what they've been doing in Bramlage um, because I like Bramlage. I know a lot of the old heads hate Bramlage, 
but I like how they've been continuing to add premium seating for that level of fan because for better or worse is checked out as K-State fans have been in basketball for a long time. They have a long ass waiting list for some of this premium seating in Bramlage. So I'm happy to see them doing that. I'm happy to see them continuing to do some of these small upgrades before the big one is on the horizon. And I I think that was great news. Again, nothing too crazy, but it is what it is. We have a lot of folks in here. We're going to do the uh, off-topic starter, and we're just going to jump into it. That is going to be what is your favorite summer activity. Memorial Day is on Monday. Um, That's when we'll be dropping the May Q&A episode with the good chef himself who was here tonight. Uh, But that's the official kickoff of summer. Uh, at least, uh, you know, for regular folks. I don't, I don't know if, like, the season is officially summer. I don't follow that. But summer starts on Memorial Day. So the good chef, uh, you're you're joining for the Q&A episode. I think we're recording that on Sunday. But what is your favorite summer activity? Uh, it's going to be a vibe for sure when we do that Q&A. Um, not going to lie, I went through those questions and thought about them a little bit. But, um to what I like to do summertime. I mean, just chilling, grilling, swimming in the pool. You know, you can't beat that. I mean, I wish I was a kid again, so you can have summer vacation off um, and do nothing, sleep in. But, you know, with work and everything, just getting home and diving in that pool is the best thing. I love it. We're going to go to Coley Dub down there in Austin, Texas. Coley Dub, what's your favorite summer activity? Uh, whenever time allows, whenever time allows, just kicking it with your friends and doing some day drinking and pool. Nothing's better than a little day drinking. Nick, the coffee fiend, what is your favorite summer activity? Honestly, probably mowing my grass or hitting the lake and just having a good time. I love it. We're going to K-State by 90. K-State by 90. With a username like that, I sure hope you have one of our Cats by 90 shirts from the Boskins Boys Swag Store. But what is your favorite summer activity? Uh, My favorite summer activity is hitting the links with the boys, throwing a few cold ones back, and just enjoying the courses around KC. I love it. We're going to Colorado, Cole, out there where the mountains are always blue. Cole, what is your favorite summer activity? And then did you get a little snow this week? Uh, Yeah, we got a weird snow and brought a bunch of lens down at my house, which was kind of annoying. But I guess it usually doesn't snow after there's leaves on the trees. So that was not a great experience, but... uh, Now we're talking about summer a few days later. So uh, my favorite summer activity is anything that involves drinking beer on a boat. And that's, that's all I need to have a great time. I love it. And then we got our guy, Joel, Joel, who is a Kansas city cat, a Johnson County cat. What is your favorite summer activity? Yeah, it's gotta be, and I I don't get to do this often enough, but it's gotta be like watching the sunset up the lake, man. It's pretty hard to beat that. There you go. There you go. All right. Let's just jump into it now. Uh, Again, I'm not a big summer guy. I know some of you are, but let's get into it. So we have our three topics out there. Some of them, I mean, there's a handful uh, more we can tack on if it goes quick. I don't think it will. I think there's plenty of stuff to talk about, but the 2022 roster is basically complete. I think there was a great summer or spring hall for a coach climbing. We talked about some of these names last week, but again, the headliner now is Tyler Forsha. Again, a massive recruiting win. He was out in Los Angeles at, you know, at USC, Lincoln Riley trying his best to beat climbing in a recruiting battle head to head. He couldn't do it. Uh, LSU and Texas tried to get involved. He said, no, thanks. I'm going to be a cat. The additions were Jaden Jackson, the wide receiver, from Old Miss, Javion Carr, cornerback from Arizona, Jordan Wright, cornerback from Fullerton Community College, excuse me, Drake Cheatham, safety from Prairie View, AM, Gavin Forsha uh, from Tyler, Justice Clemens from Tyler, and then you got big Anthony Frias, big Tony Frias from Modesto uh, 
uh, Community College. That is the Spring Hall. I just want to hear what sort of grade you guys give Chris Kleiman and the staff for these spring editions. We're going to start with Joel first. Joel, what are what are your thoughts? What grade do you give them with that haul for the spring? Dude, I, I'm definitely giving us a for sure solid A. Like, I don't really know what holes we didn't address other than maybe nose tackle. But, yeah, man, they, they killed it with the transfers for sure. Yeah, I, I think some folks maybe wanted to tie it in. I, there just wasn't a lot out there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I would have liked a nose tackle as well. I do have it on good authority. I think Eli Huggins is going to straight up eat this year. Uh, we'll have to figure out something next year. But we'll go to the good chef, Andre Napier, next. Chef, what sort of grade are you giving for this haul, this spring haul? I'll give it a B plus. Uh, you know, like you guys just said, they didn't hit on nose tackle. I mean, I know they got junior college guys and some up and coming young cats to go with Huggins, but you know, that was kind of a spot that I kind of wanted them to hit. They hit the linebacker, Gavin Forsha. That dude's gonna be a stud with three years of eligibility with four to play. Um you know the spring compared to last year, I mean, you kind of got a whole bunch of D1 um, bounce backs this year. You know, you kind of got some, you got one SEC guy, but he had low production, but I'll give it a B. Maybe this is kind of what they're going to go for is that, that spring junior college kind of cat. And, you know, if that's, if that works this year, it'll be pretty dope. Yeah, I, I I think that's very fair. Um, you also get Carr out of Arizona as well if you're looking at some of those Power 5 uh, bounce backs. Um, and again, that Prairie View A&M as well. I do like going Juco. And here's a little teaser for everyone who was listening uh, here live and listening on the RSS feed. I have a great interview that will be dropping on June 6th. So you're going to have to wait for it a little bit with Chuck Lilly of the K-State football program. He goes into detail as to why they decided to get involved in JUCO recruiting this spring. And he even talks about how he was a little bit surprised at the level of stud that was still available in the junior college ranks. So that's a little teaser. Be sure to listen to that on June 6th. We're going to Cole, or no, we'll go to K-State by 90 next. K-State by 90. Uh, what what sort of grade are you giving them for the for these additions in the spring? You got to go with a solid B-plus around there. I mean, no guys that are going to come in and straight up start dominate but you got guys for the future guys that provide depth and guys that can play play ball I mean they're getting quality dudes from the juco level that probably are going to outperform a lot of the bounce back guys from power five just because quite simply they've played in the last 12 months so I'm pretty excited about it I mean we've got some depth at places that we needed it I think I think we'll be fine at tight end if the young guys can stay healthy and Nose guard, definitely a little bit concerning, but Eli Huggins is a dog, so, yep. He truly is. He truly is. We'll go to Coley Dubs next. Coley Dubs, uh, a handful of guys brought in. We're right there at that 85 scholarship limit, so I guess that there's a handful of open spots. In theory, with the tr- with the uh, counter rule, uh, going away, they could maybe grab a guy or two. We'll address that if it happens. But what sort of grade are you given this year's spring crop of transfers? Definitely in that uh, B plus A minus range. Um, I don't know. They, and I kind of like how they went JUCO route. I think there was a lot of a lot of JUCO can just skipped over the last you know couple of years because of the portal, and I think. I think there's some hidden talent in the Juke area that I think we went out and got. Yeah, I I, I think, and it wasn't just K-State, by the way. You saw it all across Power 5 football try to get back into those Juco ranks. 
Um, so it, it really wasn't just us, but I, I think maybe we will see, and, and again, I, I've gone back and forth on this a couple times. I think maybe you're going to see the spring period calm down moving forward, and it will. that really will be when the JUCO recruiting takes off. We're going to the coffee fiend, Nick, next. Nick, what sort of grade are you giving Kleiman and company for the spring editions? I'm with Joel. I'd say a solid A. Um, I, there's a little, couple spots he missed, but overall, I mean, hit it out of the park. I mean, for the studs that were left out in JUCO, like I said earlier, I mean, man, I'm excited. So, A, solid A. Yeah, and, and they really fixed a lot of depth. Um, I think you're going to see some contributors right away. Uh, in the chat, we were talking about maybe Forsha. He has the ability to redshirt, and I think if they could get away with it, if they could get away with getting him game action in only four, I think they would love to see that and have him really be one of those anchors, kind of that transition guy before like Jake Clifton and Toby O are really up and running and ready to go at that linebacker spot. But I think that they really solved a lot of my depth fears. Uh, we're going to go uh, now to Callie Mike. Callie Mike dropping in. Uh, we, we, we're just talking about all the spring additions with uh, the addition of Forsha. I think we're done in 2022. We might get one more. Um, maybe two more with the rule changes, but what sort of grade do you give this hall of spring uh, transfer recruits? Uh, I'm definitely, I mean, I, sorry, I missed everything. I was in a board meeting, but. Um, Callie, Mike, you yeah. know, you used to be like at the top of my list, but if you're choosing board meetings over the ColorCast <laughs> live shows, I'm going to have to question your dedication. Hey, you got to remember it's, five, it's only 515 out here. Uh, He's here now, Scott, so play off, man. I got you, Cali that, That's true. Hey, late is better than nowhere, and, and, and I am glad to see Colorado Cole pops back in. He, he left, and I got a little scared. I always worry about my young bucks whenever they hot, when they come in, they come off. I get worried, so I'm glad to see him back in the chat. But, Cali Mike, what sort of grade are you giving uh, this hall of junior college and Division One transfers? Uh, I'm definitely going with the A uh, grade for this. Like I, I saw some folks online who are like trying to question whether these guys had any interest from other schools um, and all that mess. And I'm, I'm not hearing any of that. You know, um, I think that we have a talented coaching staff that is able to evaluate talent and insert them where they need to be, especially with all the substituting that they do during in games. Um, I, I just think, you know, they hit all their targets that they wanted to hit, uh, for the most part. So, you know, you can't be anything but pleased. Yeah. So there was actually someone I, I tweeted out from the Bosco's boys account, uh, asking folks how they're feeling with these additions. There was some random guy. And of course you never know who these people are trying to question, Oh, some of these guys didn't have a bunch of offers. Well, first off, that's just flat out wrong. Second off, there's a handful of guys who really decided to handle their business in a you know in a more quiet manner. Again, these aren't the high school guys. This isn't the first time they've gone through it. Like Big Tony Frias, this guy had offers from TCU, had offers from Pac-12 schools, from a Big Ten school. Just because he isn't out there tweeting it doesn't mean he was a guy who was high in demand. And again, if you look at the history that this staff has, especially going after transfers, I mean, you know what? Drake Cheatham didn't have a bunch of Power 5 offers from Prairie View A&M. Well, there's a little guy by the name of the Sauce Boss who showed that, hey, that doesn't matter. You can come in here and be a fan favorite and a star even in one year, and this staff knows how to identify them. So I have no time for some of these folks who are trying to run down uh, – some of these pickups. So I, I'm all about it. So uh, I will say this, we'll, we'll go around because nothing is ever perfect. And some of you pointed out what maybe would have taken it to the next level. So we'll just start with uh, the good chef, Andre Napier chef. Uh, you know, what, could, what could they have done to increase that grade? It, would it be nose tackle? Would it be tight end? If there was one more spot that you would have liked to see them address, excuse me, what would it have been? I think nose tackle is kind of, 
the position that they needed to focus on, especially because you look behind Huggins. It's just a lot of inexperience. I know we got hints, but he was kind of undersized last year. And you miss that big body, Timmy Horn. You know, you miss that big body like that. And not not to poo-poo on this spring class at by any means, but um, we talk about, like, the impact that they're going to have. And I think, like, a person like Kobe Savage is going to be able to come in and play. But you don't have that D1 pedigree like um, a Rush East had. And uh, Timmy Horn, I mean, a three-year starter, all-conference player. I mean, it wasn't the AAC, but um, you miss those kind of impact players that can come in and bolster this defense or this offense, for that matter. Um, it was not underwhelming by any means. It was still a solid B+. Plus, but to get a – how many – I mean, just throwing it out there, how many of these guys are going to start? I mean, you're probably going to get Kobe Savage. You're going to get technically uh, Kobe Savage was a December signee. Oh, that's so I, right. I mean, so he's been on campus, but again, yeah. he, he, here, here's my thing with when, when, and that's completely fair. My, my reply to you would be is how many guys did we truly need to be a day one starter uh, when, when you're looking at the holes that they needed to fill? In my opinion, Maybe you, you want one of these guys, one of these secondary guys to be able to step in and play safety. But, I mean, I, I, I think, I you're, I think you're right. I think you're right. There, We do return a lot on offense and defense. And I think the, the spring guys that we did bring in, I mean, a Drake, a Drake can come in and play that nickel. Maybe um, uh, they can fill those roles that were – because they rotate so much in the back end on uh, DB that they're kind of, if you're on a second string, you're kind of getting starter minutes. And, you know, with TJ losing a little bit of the Wasp, losing a bit of his step from last year, I mean, he was he had two picks, but he wasn't the same athlete that he was that freshman phenom season where he was coming in and lighting guys up. Um, so you, you kind of missed that, and what did they bring in for the spring? I think they bring in more depth pieces, which because we do return so much and have so much talent on defense that that's really what they were focusing on. And I mean, if I say, if I keep selling it to myself, maybe it is an A, but I'm going to go with a B plus just because they didn't hit the nose tackle like I wanted them to. Yep. That's fair. We're going to Coley dub next Coley dub. Are you in that same camp that, you know, nose tackle is really the one that you would have wanted to see, uh, to increase your grade, or are you almost kind of a little bit with Chef, like saying, hey, I wanted like at least one superstar. What would have taken that grade to a perfect score? Um, I don't know. I, well, would have bumped up that score if Brandon Jennings would have worked out, I think. That would have been a great boost. That's going to be a wild one. And what's funny is we're going to see Brandon Jennings here in a couple years with UCF. So that's going to be one to keep an eye on. Absolutely, but I, I don't know. I think it would have been nice to see a D-tackle like uh, Chef said or, you know, maybe more like a real serious pass-catching threat of a tight end that's, you know, more proven like we have had in the past couple years. But, you know, as you said, it doesn't it doesn't really seem like there's that much, that many options out there for that kind of need. Yeah, I think Alabama took a Kansas native uh, who had played in like one game as a JUCO uh, at tight end. So that just kind of tells you the weird Juco market. We'll go to the coffee fiend next. Nick, uh, what, what if anything could have taken this up to a perfect score? Uh oh, Nick, I'm going to have to. No, I'm going to, I'm going to have to mute the coffee fiend. We're getting a little bit of robot feedback from Nick. We'll come back to you in a bit. We'll go to K-State by 90. K-State by 90. What could have taken this to a perfect score? Yeah, um, I think that definitely D-line in general. I mean, you got to think about defensive end next year if you lose Felix and obviously you have Matlick still there, but all the other pieces you're thinking about the loss of Boydo and Brent's at corner and you're filling those positions. I think DN's definitely a spot they could have taken 
a look at too for a depth spot and a potential starter next year. Yeah, you're really going to lean a ton on Nate Matlack uh, when the time comes for King Felix uh, to go off and get drafted. Uh, but I think that might be a spot they really target next year. We'll go to Joel next. Joel, you're big time on this class. I, I think it was either you or your guy, Cole, who coined the phrase Big Tony Free is, and I love it. Um, what could have taken this to an absolute perfect score in your book? Yeah, I mean, like I said, definitely needed a nose tackle. Um, that would have been nice. I don't even think it needed to be, like, a star. Like, I mean, what fucking star uh, – excuse me. What uh, star D tackles were freaking in the portal? Like, I mean, apart from apart from quarterbacks and that wide receiver from Pitt, there were no, like, stars. So, I mean, I, I give our class, like, a dang near perfect score for what we needed. Yeah, and, and it definitely was a much more different spring portal than last year. So, I think it's always going to be evolving. Uh, we'll end with Callie Mike on this one. Callie Mike, what would it have taken to get to a perfect score before we now ta- or before we kind of move into the countdown for football season? So um, th- I'll go a little bit of a different route here. Um, I know that we got Big Tony Frias, and I love it. Um, we had a lot of a lot of attrition in the running back room, um, and you know. I, I feel confident in what we have, but you know, you always want to have a little bit more in there. Um, and I'm, I guess I just, maybe I'm missing something, but I feel like we're a little thin there relying on our guy Deuce and big Tony Frias. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's fair. I, I think the hope behind those two for that, that depth that you want, uh, you got Devin Weathers from Webb city, Missouri, they're hoping to get him healthy and get him a full fall camp. And then, you know, Mr. Giddens from Junction City as well. Uh, I, I think the hope is that those two will come along. Uh, you got the Seawolf who will take snaps. I agree with you. I, I understand. Uh, you know, it, it's a room where I have a little bit of PTSD with how uh, Bill Snyder left it over for Chris Kleiman. I, I feel like we've been chasing uh, true depth there for a while. Um, I think, you know, that's a little bit of champagne problems when you have a consensus All-American who's going to be taking a lot of those snaps. So I get it. I don't think you're off base there at all. Um, Let's let's kind of move on because uh, we are, as recording this, 101 days out from the South Dakota State, or no, just the South Dakota Coyotes coming to Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And when folks are listening to this, it'll be officially 100 days until that family reunion in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. So what I'm going to ask you guys is, with the longest offseason that there is in all sports, it's college football, what is the number one thing you miss during the offseason about college football? We're going to start with K-State by 90. What's the number one thing you miss about college football during the offseason? Well, for me, I'm still in college, so definitely probably the tailgates and just having everyone come together, people that you don't really see very much while you're taking your classes and stuff. And honestly, that's kind of up in the air right now where the students are going to tailgate. But no, I just like following the team and just missing the action on game days. Mission. I mean, it's just fun for me to watch, especially as a student, as a passionate student and support the cats always and this is the worst time of the year because nothing's going on and we just lost in baseball 5-3 so yeah it was not a pretty game versus texas tech uh you're gonna have to keep me posted because i will be interested in how uh, the evolution of student tailgating goes um i think the smartest thing for all the, our student fans listening is to take over the ag lot uh you know right north of the stadium uh, get there before all the olds do uh, and just take that over and make that your guys' sanctuary. I will be interested to see how that goes. I got in a little bit of a Twitter back and forth today about all that type of stuff. I believe in the students. I believe in your guys' into uh, your ability to find a fun place to tailgate, 
to get your crispy boys going, get a little rowdy before the game. So I believe in all of you. We're going to go next to Coley Dub. Coley Dub, what is the number one thing you miss about football season during the very long offseason? Uh, something to look forward to every weekend. Um, and those, you know, those random weeknight games, but uh, mostly, you know, something to look forward to every weekend as far as the Cats games go. We'll go to Callie Mike. Callie Mike, who runs the watch parties out there in the Bay Area. It's the longest offseason in all of sports. What do you miss most about football season? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely that weekly anticipation, which, you know, isn't always the best feeling. Like when you're when you got a big game coming up, um, you might get some nerves, but sort of like what Coley Dub said, just having that thing to look forward to on Saturday. Um, and then just the community, like especially out here in the watch parties, like we've built a community of K-Staters that, that get together. You know, we all are meeting each other, knowing each other. And then um, I also, um, I found a lot of the people who travel to San Francisco as for vacation during football season uh, who are from Kansas, they seek out our watch parties. And so it's always good to meet people that are just out here on vacation who love K-State so much that they're going to come to a bar on Saturday morning. Yeah, I, I, I love hearing that. Uh, we're going to go to Joel next. Joel, what is the number one thing you miss about football season during the very long offseason? Yeah, so I'm a social media fiend, so I just love that week before game, like all the Twitter beef all around, all the big games and our game, and getting on like the other school's bar stool and seeing what they're doing. And I don't know, I love doing that and like watching videos about the other team and stuff. So yeah, just like the social media atmosphere around it. And being part of K-State Twitter, the number one Twitter fan base, at least when it comes to shithousery, that makes it extra fun. We're going to the good chef Andre Napier before we go back to the fiend and see if he got his connections issue figured out. (laughs) Chef, what's your number one favorite or number one thing you miss about football season during the long barren off season? Man, it's it's truly putting on the purple. You know, I wear purple almost every day. But, you know, when I'm at work and it's Saturday and I have to work, I'm walking around the neighborhoods, I like to put the purple on and put the postal uniform aside and deliver mail and K-State gear and have people come up and ask me, like, what's going on? Are you a Northwestern fan? Because this part of the country, they don't see that K-State purple that often. So I like to just show my love for K-State and have everybody just look and wonder when they see that, that power cat purple come on. You know, underrated thing about, uh, you know, those Fridays before game days is me going in my closet, finding that K-State polo for hashtag cat polo Friday. Oh man. I can't yeah, wait for that first I look one. forward to that too. I don't really get to wear the polo that much, but you know, I mean, the variety you guys pull out, it's kind of amazing. Like I, I ask that question all the time, like how much K-State gear does like the average K-State fan have? And you guys put me to shame because it's a lot of gear. Well, luckily I don't have to have a uniform so I can get away with like, oh yeah, I, I of course need the early season purple polo. I need the game day polo. You know, it's, it's stupid. I have too many. We're going back to the coffee fiend, Nick. Are you with me? Yes, we are here. There we are. There we are. What do you miss most about football uh, season during the long off season? First off, I want to tap in the polo. Um, unfortunately, with my job, I do have a certain uniform I have to wear every day. But being the type of job I have as a recruiter, I get to wear polos. So I'm going to tap into my K-State polos this year on Fridays and make sure everybody knows it's Cats Polo Friday. Uh, I miss, honestly, waking up Saturday morning, grabbing my freshly brewed cup of coffee from a small business-owned coffee company, and uh, just turning on game day and watching that. Uh, I mean, I did that as a kid uh, growing up, so getting that, and then wherever I am, if I'm... Oh, no. No. If uh, no one, if I'm not able to watch the game in my house, I always got to make sure I got to be at some place 
then I can watch the game. If not, I'll just pull out my phone and watch it on my phone. So that's what I miss. Oh, and and the secret. Uh, Oh, we'll never know the secret. Oh, the secret my. forever. The secret forever. That that's gonna go down as a secret. All right. Final final one with the one oh one, the countdown to the first game of the season. I want to know everyone's favorite game day tradition. if you have a tradition, whether or uh lucky sure, anything, what is just like your favorite thing? to do what is your favorite tradition on game day we're going to the good chef chef do you have a favorite tradition on game day i mean it's a tradition but i'm i'm a stupid superficial little boy i mean not super yeah superstitious superstitious little boy superficial too but superstition i don't wear the opposing team's color the whole week like if we're playing baylor green is not ever coming up it's never going to get worn so green underwear, green socks, green anything that's green, I get it out of my get it out of my wardrobe, get it out of my life altogether. So the opposing team color, I get rid of it for the week. Uh, when we're playing TCU, that I count gray for them or black. I love it. We'll go to Joel next. Joel, I know you're a purple uh, popcorn fan. Do you have any other favorite game day traditions? Oh yeah, dude, definitely purple popcorn. Um honestly, probably the most elite snack I've ever had. Um but yeah, other traditions I have is promptly uh as soon as my feet hit the floor Saturday morning, I drink some beer as bad as I want to throw up or whatever from the night before. You just got to get it down and that's uh that's the only way to start a game day. I love it. We'll go to Coley Dubs next. Coley Dubs. What's your favorite game day tradition once that first Saturday is rocking? What is your favorite tradition? Uh, I mean, it's a little different down here just because, you know, I'm not up there with all the K-State people. Um, but I don't know. I just really enjoy, you know, if we have a late game, catching all the early games and just kind of really watching college football all day every Saturday for a whole three, four months out of the year. It's fantastic. Love it. We'll go Cali Mike next. Cali Mike, I mean, we're hearing about these infamous watch parties. Is that your favorite thing about uh, game days now out in California? I mean, yeah, it is. It's like, um, you know, it's the way that I keep keep the, the dream alive. But um, I'm sort of similar to uh, Joel in a different way. You know, I'm not like waking up from a, a hangover trying to nurse it or anything. But, you know, when we have the 11 a.m. kickoffs and it's 9 a.m. out here, it doesn't matter if it's 9 a.m. I'm having my first drink of the day is a beer, not coffee. Oh, no coffee. Uh-oh, the fiend what? might have to say something. What? what? It, it's, it's, not that <laughs> I, it's not that I don't have a coffee. I'm saying the first drink is a beer, and then a coffee can come after. That is allowed. I will allow that. There we go. We'll go to our student, uh, K-State by 90. What's your favorite game day tradition? And again, these game days hit way different while you are uh, in there as a student. I think, Joel, Joel, uh, let me come back to you. Is this going to be your first year post-grad? No, this will be my second year. Honestly, post-grad freaking sucks. Don't graduate. Well, I, I agree. Don't graduate, but you'll you'll really having money and being able to go to a bunch of away games make uh, game days hit a little That's different. That's true. Money's like, nice for sure. Money is nice. K State by ninety is our only active student. Game days hit way different for you. What is your favorite tradition? This is going to sound very unstudent esque, but I wear. Jordan purple ones every game day, no matter what sport that it is. That's just my superstition. So, hey, I love it. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I I will say this. I, I'll tell you this. I'm already getting ready for that first cats train on Twitter. I think that is something underrated on game days. All of K State Twitter getting that cats train going. It branches off into a million different pieces, but I love just seeing cats and different pictures all over the timeline. 
I love it. All right. Um, the final question or topic that I wanted to talk about, and this is something that I love, and it's not just uh, you know college sports; it's just sports in general. Uh, there was a rumor going around last week, and I can't remember if it happened before or after the live show that K State was going to play a basketball game versus the University of Wisconsin inside the Milwaukee Brewers baseball stadium. They're they're uh, they have a retractable roof. Uh, it was going to be called the Brew City Classic. Now, I'm pretty sure that is no longer going to happen. I'm a little disappointed because one of my best friends is moving up to Milwaukee like literally this weekend. I was going to use that as a great excuse to go up there and see him. Uh, but uh, it's not happening. That makes me sad. But what I want to do is ask everyone who is here today, what would be a fun novelty type game you would like to see K-State play in. It could be any sport. You know, they've played bowl games in baseball stadiums. They've, uh, you know, played in uh, NFL stadiums in football and basketball. They've played games in Kansas City, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Baseball, you can do any sport. I just want to hear your best idea at a novelty type game, a, a out of you know left field type location, all that type of stuff. Uh, I mean, hell, they played a spring game in Sporting Park. You know, there, there's a history of some of these fun novelty stuff. It's happening all over. Baseball's doing the Field of Dreams game and the Little League World Series game. Uh, the NFL plays in foreign countries. I just want to hear what your best idea for a just off the wall game. I'm going to give two ideas that I have that I would like to see happen. Uh, The first one, and they're both basketball centric. I think, and this isn't necessarily a novelty location, but I want to see K-State host their own 24 hours of college basketball event in Bramlage. I want to get, you know, a division two schools involved. I want to see basketball from the state of Kansas from, you know, 6 a.m. to midnight. Maybe it's not a full 24 hours. I want to see them bring in junior colleges, Manhattan Christian. I want to see the women's team, the men's team. I want to see Washburn play their first game. I want to see just a marathon of hoops inside Bramlage. That's my first idea. Not a novelty location, but, you know, it is what it is. The other one I would like to see, once the volleyball arena is built, I would love to see a students-only game in the volleyball arena. And I do actually want to give credit. I believe the first person I saw bring this up actually was Tim Fitzgerald of Go Power Cat. I think he came up with that idea. Or maybe he was the first one I saw tweet about it or uh, talk about it on YouTube. I can't remember. And, and if I have that wrong, if I'm misremembering, Uh, I'm sorry for whoever came up with that idea, but I think it would be cool to have one game a year where it was only students, no alumni, no season ticket holders, just students in a small, intimate arena, have it be versus definitely not a marquee team, play, you know, Gardner-Webb or whatever in the volleyball arena, basketball game where you just have three, 4,000 students and that's it. So those are my ideas. I filibustered long enough for hopefully you all to come up with your own ideas. We're going to go to Coley Dub first. I'm putting you on the spot. What sort of novelty type game or location would you like to see K-State Athletics play a game or get involved? Uh, Your one idea about just like a student-only volleyball game. Wasn't Wasn't there like a college team that did, was it like Gonzaga or someone? They did something similar where it was like just students only and it was in a small gym. I don't know. I can't remember who it was, but I think they did that for some basketball team just like last year. Texas. Oh, it's Texas. There we go. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, I think something like that would be really cool. Or I know a while back they had like some outdoor basketball games on those uh, Navy ships. Not necessarily a basketball game that needs to be on a Navy ship, but some kind of game that like a legit college basketball game outdoors would be really cool even though with the weather it'd probably be kind of hard to figure out but if you can figure out a place that doesn't have any wind that'd be awesome i mean you could go like a you know aircraft carrier type place over at fort riley or something like that maybe uh make that happen 
Uh, we'll go to Joel next. Joel, what would you like to see happen? Dude, as fun as that game in Dallas was this past year, let us play a bowl game or a non-con game in freaking Vegas. I would probably die that weekend. It would be amazing. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, I would love to, you know, the Big 12 to get involved in the Vegas Bowl. That would be a ton of fun. Another thing I'll throw out there, you know, I think Nebraska is playing a week zero game versus Northwestern over in Ireland. Let's have K-State versus Texas Tech in Scotland and Edinburgh, Scotland. Let's make that happen. I'll throw that out there too. We'll go to the coffee fiend. Uh, Nick, what would you like to see, like a novelty location or type game? Um, Honestly, I'm kind of the old school, kind of old soul person. I would love to see Ahern be built back into a basketball arena and bring out the old lavender uniforms, uh, either the two tones, and uh, play an old Big Eight or even, you know, uh, K State basketball game. Um, the other one, honestly, I, I love the Field of Dreams idea. Um, and then that's about it, honestly. Yeah, baseball doing the Field of Dreams game is neat. It, you know, if the Bat Cats could get involved in that, you know, play Iowa State up in a field of corn, I think that'd be fun. We'll go to uh, K State by 90. Are you still there? I'm getting like the, you know, triple dot of death from you. I don't think you're still there, but that's okay. Uh, we'll go to the good chef. Chef, what would you like to see? Yeah, you kind of, I mean, you were on the same path as me when you said the Texas Tech versus K-State in Ireland. I was thinking like... Scotland. Oh, I, my Scotland, official state is, is Scotland. Scotland, sorry, for Scott Walkett. But um, let's let's torture Texas. Let's get them in December and go to like the most northern stadium in Canada and get them in sub-zero temperatures and just torture them that way. I think that would be hilarious. Or let's go to Australia and play a 4, 4 p.m. game there, and it'd be 4 a.m. here, just, just to throw some wacky shit out there. Hey, I'm all for it. I, I, I think the NFL is going about it the right way, adding more international games. I would love as many random international games that we could fill up an entire week zero uh, slate. I am, I am all for that. So I'm right there with you. Uh, we'll go to Callie Mike. Callie Mike, what sort of novelty or uh, just wacky type games would you like to see KC get involved with any sport? All right. This has been done before, but I, I kind of need a repeat to take the bad taste out of my mouth. I want K-State football playing in the winter in Yankee Stadium and doing the salute after every goddamn play. That that would be funny. And you know, I that they, they uh you know I know there's like the Fenway one and Northwestern has played in Wrigley. I, I know a lot of folks don't like that type of stuff. I am all for college football being played in fun, different, uh historic venues. I think there's some game that was played, I think, at the Bristol Speedway, a NASCAR track. I mean, I'm all for that type of stuff. Sports are supposed to be fun, especially college football. So I would love to see something crazy. Uh, when the Royals move downtown, fuck it. Play, play a game in the new Royals stadium. When the new Arrowhead is going to be in Kansas, play a game there. Have fun, play games in different stadiums. I understand the idea of don't take away games from the local stadium. And part of what makes college football great is it being in those college towns. But it's also fun to get wacky with some stuff uh, as well. I, so I also got one. I mean, I just it just came to me. I mean, we our K State golf team is really legit. How about we do a one v one matchup or like a three way tournament between like Georgia Tech and uh, University of Georgia and play at the Masters? That would be fucking fun. I'd I'd go. That would be awesome, but I think I mean I don't. Has there ever been like a college type thing of the I don't, again? I, I throw out all these. I mean, just get Jim Nance. And I don't think CBS would cover. Maybe CBS would cover it. I don't know. But get Jim Nance out there covering the cats. That would be 
all time. That would be awesome. And here I am trying to be like, oh, is that realistic at all? Here I am trying to play Texas Tech in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, so shame on me for like thinking, oh, is that realistic? Because that's fucking stupid. Uh, we're not going to play Texas Tech in Edinburgh. And I mean, I think fans would melt down. We saw how everyone reacted to us playing Stanford in Dallas. Could you imagine saying, oh, we're going to move a conference game to Scotland? I don't think that would go over very well. But you know what? I'm all for craziness, especially, you know, if the new downtown baseball stadium, if it's going to have a retractable roof, all right, we'll play a basketball game. We'll play, uh, hell, Wisconsin. Let's really make it happen. We'll, we'll do it in Kauffman, the new Kauffman Stadium. Um, those are all the major topics I had for you guys today. So now I'm going to end this with a straw poll. For the five folks up on stage today. And then what I'm also going to do is everyone listening on the RSS feed. uh, Tweet me your feedback. uh, Because I am going to use this. I'm very interested in what you guys think. I'm formulating and trying to come up with what will eventually be the football season. Because we're 101 days out. Weekly show schedule. We'll have the live show. But my question to you all is, would you prefer, outside of the live show, so that, that, that'll be its own thing, would you prefer two super long episodes, or would you prefer four slightly shorter ones, and we would have a release Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in season? Or would you prefer Monday, Wednesday, Friday with longer episodes? So just a straw poll. Chef, what is your take? It depends on what you mean by long episodes. Because, I mean, I I can listen to a podcast with your sweet voice on it for like four hours. So the content is not going to change. So basically, what what I'm going to do is we will have a Q&A segment for every game. So every post game, there there will be a Q&A segment. It won't be pick and choose. And we will have a game review we will have a game preview, and then we're going to have Wildcat Roundup where we will have primers. We're going to talk a little bit more about the non-football team. So if there's basketball news, there's women's sports news, uh, recruiting news, we're going to have that as well. But in theory, it could be a post-game episode, post-game Q&A, a preview episode, a Wildcat Roundup episode standalone and a live show. That's what a possible five-episode week would look like. Or the preview episode and the post-game episode would be about 90 minutes. Well, then give me... I I want content every day. So if, if my straw is being counted, give me five smaller episodes. Okay, so we got one for five. We'll go uh, Coley Dub. Coley Dub, are you wanting long... Uh, preview and review episodes, or do you want those chopped up for five episodes in a week? Normally, I'm a guy who likes longer podcasts, um, so I can really get into it. <clears throat> um, but I, don't know, I think you kind of convinced me, and I think Jeff kind of convinced me. Like, give me content every day. All right, we'll go to the coffee fiends next. Nick, what's your vote? Just like Chef and Coley Dub, I'm greedy, man. I want content every day. I mean, even though I I can listen to podcasts all all day long, but I'm I love waking up in the morning and seeing oh new Bosco Boys episode. Let's get it. All right, we'll we'll go Callie, Mike, and Joel. Of course, we'll wait and see what some folks on Twitter say. But Callie, Mike, do you want uh, longer episodes in season, or do you want it broken out into one a day? Give me the five spice. I need to be bricked up every day. All right, Joel, are you bucking the trend or are you a uh, are you falling in line? So I mean, like for your sanity, I'm saying like maybe the longer episodes. But I mean, I'm a greedy son of a gun, so I need all five, baby. Well, well I will say this: uh, I probably will just record quite a bit on Sundays before the Chiefs games. And then I will break it up. So you don't have to worry about my sanity. And then, of course, with all the help from the great podcasting community, 
those Wildcat Roundup episodes where you're getting primers, you're talking to some folks who follow, you know, volleyball and soccer and the basketball's a little bit closer, you know, a lot of the work is, you know, me just connecting with folks. So don't worry about my my mental state. I think we're going to make it happen. And I think we are going to see from basically August on, because that's when Blitz, that's when Blitz Month will start again. Blitz Month is coming back where we will preview uh, K-State football all month long. We will have an episode Monday through Friday all August long. And it sounds like maybe all football season long. So everyone stay tuned. If anyone is passionate one way or the other, please tweet at Scott Wildcat or Bosco's Boys. Um, MVP of the night, we're going to Coley Dub, holding it down down in Texas. Cole, what do you have to say to the world? Well, I was not prepared for this, but thank you all for listening to my inputs week in and week out. They might not be the greatest, but they are thought out at times. Um, I think I need to prepare a little more for some of these questions. Uh, but anyway, hey. go Cats, and let's uh, try to get through this off season, man. It's about to get to the, like, the real dog of summer. Or what is that, days? Dog, dog days, days of summer. summer. Yes, and, and here's the thing. We're, we're always going to have stuff to talk about. Always look to the uh, podcast or the Bosco's Voice feed. Wednesday afternoon, I, I will drop the topics. Uh, we're going to get wacky if we need to, but before you know it, before you know it, we're going to be in August and we're going to have the overs and unders episode. We're going to have the marathon five hour bonehead prediction episode. It is going to be fun. We're going to get there. And again, guys, June is going to come and go super fast. Then you just got to get through July. And I promise you, we're going to have a lot of fun in August. We love you guys. Remember, we will be going live again on June 1st and then June 8th, I have a special episode for you guys. There will be no live show on June 8th, but we'll be back on the 15th, 22nd, 29th, and then every Wednesday in July and August. I love you guys unconditionally, and I promise you, I promise you, Grant is waiting for you at the Cathead. You just got to go find him. Meet me at the Cathead. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea, onward UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight.
Podcast Network.